All right, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, and uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, if you didn't enjoy it, I, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Uh, that was good. That was worth coming to church for, and uh, uh, we look forward to what the Bible study has for us this evening in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Uh, while you're turning there, uh, what an exciting update about Operation Light. Uh, we, we've invested... A lot of money in that. Uh, we've given a lot of money in that, and now that that property's been purchased in Africa, uh, I want you to think about this church. Uh, every soul that is saved on that property, uh, that's part of that is, is it comes to our account. Uh, obviously, the Lord does the work, and God does the saving. The Holy Spirit does the convicting, uh, but we have a part in everything that takes place in that church. And then, of course, keep praying for the other two that are in the process of getting started over there. And so that's a wonderful, wonderful uh, report. Continue to pray for that. Be excited about that. I get excited when, 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 ministry, when God blesses ministries. I get excited at the thought of people getting saved. And so uh, we have a part in that, and so I'm certainly excited about that. And then Sunday night, I'll probably take a few minutes to, I won't take long, but I'll take a few minutes to just update you on some ministry opportunities that we do have and up, update you on some new ministries that we have recently gotten started. And so I'll do that this coming Sunday night, so you can look forward to that. I usually don't preach that long on Sunday night, so I'll have plenty of time uh, this Sunday evening. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture tonight, verse number 58. And uh, we're going to jump right into it uh, because I want to have plenty of time uh, for the Bible study this evening. But I have been uh, bouncing around a little bit on Wednesday nights as before we moved over to our new location. And of course, uh, starting last Wednesday night, we'll continue on just uh, hitting a lot of reset buttons, uh, reminding us of why we do what we do. Uh, I, I love serving the Lord, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the service. What an opportunity God's given us. What an opportunity God's given us as a church and as Christians. Uh, I want you to continue to grow in the Lord. And, and uh, so we're going to talk some about, we've been, I've had several Bible studies on Wednesday night about um, uh, soul winning and, and how to be a better soul winner. And uh, Sunday night, we're going to talk more. I'm going to take some time to talk about uh, resetting. And we need uh, new uh, ushers, uh, not new ushers, but we need additional ushers. Uh, maybe, well, maybe I said it right, but uh, additional nursery workers, additional. Uh, we've been kind of in a holding pattern. Uh, but now uh, we're going to spread our wings a little bit and get a lot of opportunities for a lot of people to serve. And so I want tonight to teach on abounding in the work of the Lord. And uh, let's ask the Lord to help us, and then we'll read our text tonight. Father, I pray uh, that you be with us during this time of Bible study. May the Word of God uh, speak to us. May we be reminded of the uh, privilege we have to serve you. And Father, I pray that uh, we'll be challenged tonight, we'll be encouraged, we'll be reminded of some very important things. Uh, may you bless what is done this evening, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse number 58 of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. An opportunity to be involved in the work of the Lord. What a wonderful thought. Uh, the work of, of God. What a wonderful thought to think we have an opportunity and to abound in that. 
and to, to thrive in that. What a thought. In the context of the scripture tonight, usually verse 52 through verse 57 is used often. I, I use it almost every time. Uh, I, I have part in a graveside service when a saint has departed and, and we remind those that are remained that uh, we don't have to fear death as a child of God. Because when Christ went to the cross of, cross of Calvary, He took upon Himself the sins of the world. He gave His life. His life was not taken from Him. He gave His life to pay our sin debt. And then when He rose victorious from that grave, He conquered death. That's more than just a, just a, just a line of Scripture. That's more than just something preachers like to mention once in a while. When He came forth with the keys of death, you don't have to be afraid of death. I don't have to be afraid of death because we are not bound by the grave. We have eternal life through Christ. What a great reminder from the Bible. Notice your scripture, verse 38. On the heels of all of that, verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. Verse 57, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory over death through the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58, therefore, because of what we've just been reminded. Now pay attention to what was going to be said. And so therefore, because of... We see the text tonight, my beloved brethren. Then we have an admonition because we have victory in Christ. Because it's through Him, we have complete victory. I often say this, and of course Scripture teaches this, there is nothing the child of God cannot get victory over. Um, if you, you have, well, I, you know, if, you, if, there, if somebody has an al- alcohol problem, uh, it, it's not a disease, number one. It's, it's a sin. Uh, if they have an alcohol problem, well, I need to go to AA. No, nothing, 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 nothing a Christian is involved in. They can overcome it all through Christ. That has nothing to do with the Bible study. I'm just throwing that out there to remind all of us. Because don't we get entangled from time to time? Uh, don't, don't, aren't we all prone to wonder? You can have victory. In a crowd this size, there's probably somebody, more than one somebody, you're struggling with something. Well, I just, that's just the way it is. But no, 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 no. <clears throat> if you have victory over death, you can have victory over that. Because of that, shouldn't we want to serve God? See, I don't buy into this, those that grew up in a church like ours, grew up like I grew up, in a Christian home, in a good Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church. We, sometimes we want to give a lot of excuses of why, they can't, why we can't serve God or why they can't serve God. I don't buy it. Christian, I don't care how old you were when you got saved. I don't care tonight what you've been saved out of. You can serve God. You should serve God. Why? Because we're saved. We're in Christ. We have victory. We want to abound in the work of the Lord. Increase in the work of the Lord. 
uh, determined, dedicated to doing the will of God. That word abounding speaks to increasing to the point of excess. Not to completion, but excess. I want to abound as a Christian. I want to reap all the benefits that I can reap as a Christian. I want to, I want to know the joy of serving with Christ, but serving Christ. Why? Because I'm saved. Because I have victory over sin. I don't have to fear the grave. Therefore, I can abound in the work of the Lord. I want every member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church to hear me well. You can serve God. You should serve God. This, the context of this passage of Scripture has zero to do with talent. Isn't that, well, isn't, aren't those the excuses we use as Christians? Pastor, that's just not my gift. You know, you can still serve the Lord. Well, I, I just don't have the ability. I didn't grow up like they grew up. Everybody can abound in the work of the Lord because you've been saved. You have an opportunity. Now, if we are to abound in the work of the Lord, I'm going to give us, give us seven things tonight to consider. Only seven things tonight to consider. Let's look at our text with that in mind of abounding. Because church, we have, as I mentioned just a moment ago in the opening comments, we have opportunity, we have, we, we've been kind of, um, uh, we haven't been able to do everything that we want to do or we've done in the past because of our relocation. But now the, the opportunities are going to be there for us. There's going to be new opportunities to reach people with the gospel to minister to homes. I'm excited about those, just as this past Sunday, those that are going to hear a clear presentation of the gospel for the first time. And they're going to trust Christ as their Savior. And in that instant, they have a new birth. That instant, they're quickened. That instant, their eternity went from hell to heaven. How exciting is that? But there's also people who, they've been saved. They're a child of God. They're, they're a child of God. And they have been broken. And they are hurting. And they have needs. I can't think of a better place for somebody to have their needs met than a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church that has the love of God in their heart. What an opportunity we have. We need everybody with the mindset to serve God. The average, I don't know the percentage, but there's a percentage that people who take the time to try and figure these things out, that, that there's, a, there's a small group of people, the average church, there's a small group of the membership that does the vast majority of the work. And I would dare say our church is above average, but everybody is needed. Everybody needs to be in the work of the Lord. And I know what some of you are saying. right. I'll get to the seven things in, in a few minutes. But I know what some of you are saying right now. Well, Pastor, there's just, there just doesn't seem to be enough for me to do. Well, you wait till Sunday night. You wait till the week's coming up. There's plenty. Everybody can serve God. Everybody should be involved in the work 
of the Lord. I don't want to just spend my life, yes, I, I, I've been in the work of God. If I'm going to be in it, I want to do something in it. I want to abound in it. Now, did I mention seven things tonight? Let's get, let's get back to that. As we think of abounding in the work of the Lord, I love what your Bible says in verse number 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, uh, be ye steadfast. Now, the first word that we need to consider tonight is the word steadfast. That means fixed. That means firm. This right here, the beginning of this verse, is, is the reason why some Christians don't abound. They don't abound in the work of the Lord. Because they're not steadfast. The first opposition, spiritual opposition that comes, they fall by the wayside. Fix your heart, the psalmist said. My heart is fixed. Be steadfast. Be firm. Determine that I am going to be steadfast. That's how you're going to abound in the work of the Lord. There are too many Christians that are too up and too down. And, and whoever people who go to church with you, they, they, they wait till you to get to church. It's like, okay, so is this a day I want to talk to them or a day I don't want to talk to them? Or something, you know, wouldn't it be wonderful? Wouldn't we, wouldn't we have a 100% success rate if we actually served God in a vacuum? And there were no extenuating circumstances to put pressure on us? But doesn't life put pressure on us? Doesn't responsibilities put pressure on us? You must be steadfast. Determine that you are going to stay. Be steadfast in obedience to Him. Just determine. You're going to obey Him. Be steadfast in your allegiance to Him. It, it's sad for what Christians will sell God out for. I don't know if you've ever read the account in Scripture of Judas. His 40 pieces of silver. How little... To sell your soul? How little? But I dare say there's Christians today that sell out for less. Be steadfast in your allegiance to Him. Be confident. Be steadfast in your confidence. Don't waver in your confidence in God. Steadfast in looking for Him. How many Christians are really looking for Christ to return? You know, we, we, like, to, we like to say that sometimes on Sunday. Well, He could come back today. And we say amen, and we raise our hand, and he could come back on, the, on, on Sunday. But he can come back on Monday, too, and Tuesday. And when you have a bad day, he could still come back on that day. Let's be steadfast in looking for him. Steadfast in our faith in him. And steadfast in our work for him. Just be steadfast. Second thing we see we need to consider is be steadfast, unmovable. Holding our position. Our position in what we believe. That's important. What, there, you know, there's security in you coming to a church and knowing that this is what that church believes. Well, in 30 years, y'all hadn't changed a thing. You know there's security in that? There's security in holding your position. That's why parents, be unmovable. Some of you, I'll just give you a warning. You have 
Little babies in the nursery. We'll hear them cry in just a minute. Well, there's, there's, there's babies in the nursery. Everything's great now. But as they get older, they may start pushing those boundaries. And as every teenager, every teenager's got a rebellious streak in them. You say, how do you know that? Because their parents have a rebellious streak in them. Be unmovable. This is where we stand. This is, this is the position we, we, we hold. Let me help you with this. this. This encourages me. Maybe it'll encourage you. How unmovable is our position in Christ? How unmovable is that? I'm, I'm, I'm saved tonight. I'm a child of God. Doesn't that encourage you that your pastor is a Christian? I, I'm, I'm, I've been accused of not being one, but uh, I'm saved tonight. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm a child of God. There's not a thing anybody can do about it. There's not a thing the devil himself can do about it. How immovable is our position in Christ? This ought to help you. There's not a thing I can do about it. If I stumble, if I fall, as we all do, if I, if I get distance from my Lord, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm unmovable when it comes to my relationship with Christ, being in Christ. How unmovable should we be in the work of God? That unmovable. Well, He stayed on that cross for me. He paid my sin debt. And He came forth out of that grave victorious. And because of all that, I, wanna, I can abound... But you can't abound if you're movable. Uh, God puts a premium on faithfulness. Many, as I looked around, I looked around the building tonight. There's many of you. You've been you've been a member of this church for not ten, twenty, thirty plus years. Uh, You didn't always do that. Always with 100% great days. Perfection. Let me testify, Pastor. I never was discouraged. I never was down. I had nothing but victory. No. You'd be lying. But there's just something that says if I'm going to abound in the work of the Lord, I've got to be unmovable. Don't let the winds of this world, the pressures of this world, move you. Do we want to abound in the work of the Lord? I hope you want more than, I hope, I hope as a Sunday school teacher, you want more than just on your resume, Sunday school teacher. Should you want to abound in, in the work of the Lord in that area God's given you? Those of you that sing in the choir, don't get in that monotonous, mundane, we've singing this song again, and, and now, and now we're, we're across the great divide back there, and we're far away over there, and I don't even think people in the back can see me back there, and all of that. Hey, you're getting to serve, abound in it. Amen. It's serving the Lord. Be unmovable. Third word goes right with it. Be steadfast and immovable. Notice what it says. Always abounding. Third word is perseverance. It ties right in with the other two. Perseverance. If you're, we have some new Christians in the church. We have new members in the church that are here tonight. There's some that haven't been saved long at all. Battles are going to come. Difficulties are coming. Valleys are going to come. 
somebody in the next year is going to get blindsided by life. Persevere. That's something that I don't think preachers preach on enough today. It's just persevering. I make, I make this statement often. It's probably been a while since I've said it, but I'll, I'll say, it, say it again tonight as soon as I can think of it. But I, 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 I say this often. Sometimes you're not trying to thrive. You're just going to survive. Just survive. Uh, if I can just get to the house of God, sometimes that's an accomplishment. If I can just get my Bible open, I'll confess to you, there's been, time, there's been things I've gone through in my life and, 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 and the extent of my time in my Bible was just having it open and just staring at a page. So well, that doesn't sound like you're thriving. No. There's one verse of Scripture in here that I'm putting everything I have on. I'm trying to survive. But there's something to perseverance. There's something to always abounding. That doesn't mean you're always on the mountaintop, but what it means is you're always in the work of the Lord. You're always you're going to persevere. I, I, I'm, I'm to a place in my in my life in ministry where I've got a, a good many years behind me, hopefully a good many years ahead of me. But I can go back to, as a much younger preacher, to hear preachers say, hey, if you just hang in there for a little bit, that's an accomplishment. I've been a pastor long enough. I've been in ministry long enough. I understand. I, that's why I have such great respect. That's why I honor, we honor Brother Fowler. That's why we honor my dad. That's why we honor all of those who have been in the ministry. Because there's something about perseverance. And that's why I applaud I don't, I'm not, I don't get upset at the, the senior saints much. But I don't get upset. At, I hope you retire. Take your trips. Take your vacations. I'm thankful for the perseverance. Now come back and leave your tithe before you go. I'll throw that in there. There's something to perseverance. Some of you younger couples, you better make up your mind now. If you're going to abound in the work of the Lord, you're going to persevere. You're going to persevere. It is, it's it's all determined to always be there, always abounding. It's perseverance. The fourth word is this. See, I'm moving pretty quickly. That's what the Bible says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, the words that we're using in our text tonight, in the work of the Lord. If we're going to abound in the work of the Lord, we must keep perspective. That's the fourth word, perspective. What do you mean, Pastor? Perspective that it's the work of the Lord. What we do in the house of God is vital. You know, as a preacher... I'll put myself on the spot first, and then I'll get to the rest of you. It's a sad thing. If I ever walk to this pulpit and fail to realize that I'm preaching his book in his place to his people, it, it's a serious thing for a preacher of the gospel, for a pastor of a local New Testament church to fail to realize 
this belongs to him. And, and I, as the pastor of this church, better take it seriously. Better realize and remind myself. You know, I'll be honest with you tonight. There's been times when after a service I've had to go and I've had to get on my knees and say, Lord, I just don't feel like I had everything where it should have been as far as my mind and my effort. Let's take the pressure off of me now. How about a choir member? When you sang this past Sunday, were you singing for him? Or were you just in your spot because you had to be there? Or did Brother Stanley have to chase you down the hall? We have one now. Through the foyer, we have one now. Across the parking lot, praise the Lord, we have one now. Into the woods, we have them now too. Say, hey, you want to sing in the choir? Whose work is it? There's Mrs. Riplogle. I understand that response, but uh, I do not want to go in there with those kids. I don't want to be in there in that nursery. I understand we're all human. I understand we all get weary and well-doing from time to time. But whose work is this? Whose work is it? You, you stand and, and, and we get our Sunday school ministry going a full speed again. You stay in a Sunday school classroom. It's not your Sunday school class. It's not my Sunday school class. It's his. It's perspective. Perspective. The work of the Lord is his work. Why would we not want to do our best for our God? Why would we not want to do our best for the one who died for our sins, conquered death and hell for us? We have complete victory through it. It's His work. It's perspective. And let me just, just remind some of us tonight, maybe you have forgotten who you should be doing this for. And sometimes we don't have our best effort. Sometimes we're almost empty. And we drag ourselves. Why do we do it? Because it's His work. Why do we go the extra mile? Because it's the work of the Lord. That's why when opportunities are going to come over the next weeks and months, church member... Jump in because it's His work. Keep the perspective. I want to abound in the work of the Lord, but don't lose perspective. Don't lose track of the fact that it is His work. Keep the perspective. Number five is the word assurance. Let me show you in our text. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. This is words for as much as ye know. We're being reminded in Scripture that no work for Him, 
no matter how insignificant that we think it is, goes unnoticed. We're, we're given the assurance in verse 58 that you may not get a pat on the back for something that you do in the work of the Lord, but have the assurance that He sees it. Have, keep the right perspective. Don't do it for recognition. Let's be honest. We all, we all like to have people say, hey, thank you. But don't fall in love with that. Keep the right perspective. And then have the assurance that whatever you do for him, no matter how insignificant you think it is, he sees it. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain. But there, there are some, those that, that, that sing tonight, they, they sing as, as to the Lord, and, and there's, 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 there's all the, you say, well, they've got great talent. They do have a lot of talent, but there's work behind that talent. There's scheduling behind that talent. People who, visitors who come and they see our music, and, and they either say, it's the best in the country, or it's some of the best, meaning I don't want to hurt my friend's feelings if I say it's the best. It, it, it's, some, it's, it's some of the best. How I know, well, God's blessed us with a lot of talent, but there's a lot of work. Every practice. Keep the perspective. If you keep the perspective, you'll show, I might as well just, Lob this bomb out there too. You'll show up and on time. Keep the perspective. But you may never do anything on this platform. It may always be in the shadows. I know for a fact for things to run like our church runs. There are people doing things the pastor does not even know they do. They do things that I'll never see. Unless I stumble on it, I'll never know. But let me tell you who does know. Whose work is it? Have the assurance that even if you serve a cup of cold water in His name, it's as if you're serving it to the Son of God Himself. Wouldn't this change our viewpoint, our life, our service? If every time we pushed the vacuum, every time we held a door, every time I'm doing it's him. I'm doing it for him. Have the assurance that every because sometimes the pressures of life are gonna beat you down. Sometimes the spiritual battle is gonna be raging. But if you keep the right perspective, you can still abound in the work of the Lord. Keep the right assurance, you can still abound in the work of the Lord. Number six, the word is this, reality. I hate to bring reality into this. For as much as you know that your fun is not in vain in the Lord. Is that what your Bible says? For as much as you know that your party time, your activity time, no, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. 
The sixth thing we have to consider if we're going to abound in the work of the Lord is that word labor. It is work. It's work. That's why, simply put, that's why some Christians don't serve the Lord. It's because it is work. And I know we've got a lot of young preachers and a lot of men that want to be preachers. And all you see is when pastor gets up here and tells his funny, funny jokes. Everybody laughs at him. And pastor says all these things. And yeah, I mean, he, yeah, that's, yep, that's, 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 that, that's what I want. But I promise you, this is the easy part. There's a lot of labor that goes in. We hear the music. We hear the choir. Some of you, you mothers, you come in with your babies and you sprint to the nursery. The door opens and you toss them in as quick as you can get them in there. You drop the, 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 the laundry, you drop laundry, yeah, that too. Uh, you, you drop that, that diaper bag off through, through the chute and you just get it in there and, and, and I'll be back some pastor preach as long as you want to. I need a break. We don't forget the reason why you're tired and ready to drop them off is because you've been laboring. It's labor. Hey, when you think your kids, your own kids, bright enough to try and get rid of them, they don't turn into an angel in there. Labor, labor. If we're going to reach people with the gospel, it takes labor. I want to abound in the work of the Lord. I want to do something for God. I'm glad that you have that heart. I'm glad that you have that spirit. I'm glad we have a church where the atmosphere is conducive to, to, to building a desire through the working of the Holy Spirit for you to serve God. But it's labor. It's work. It's sacrifice. You're going to do something for the Lord. You're going to have, hey parents, if you're going to rear your children, to God's honor and to God's glory. That's not easy. If you're going to have a marriage that honors God, that's not easy. It's labor. It's work. Well, I'd serve God if it wasn't so much work. Well, it's labor. It's called the work of God for a reason. And quite frankly, the reason why a lot of churches are getting out of the, the soul winning business and the, and, and the bus ministry and so on and so forth is because they're just tired of the labor. We want the blessings of God. We don't want the work that goes with it. That's the reality. It's not easy, but it is possible through His strength and ability. Pastor, I just don't know if I can keep doing it. Through your strength, maybe not. Through His strength. I love it, and it's fixing to happen again. I love going to somebody and saying, hey, I've been praying, and we need a Sunday school teacher for such and such. Then it's the deer in the headlights. They turn around, make sure I'm not talking to somebody behind them. Pastor, I don't know if I can do that. You can do it if you're willing to put in the work and not do it in your own strength. I'm giving a lot of warnings tonight about a lot of things that are going to take place in the next few weeks just so you can be ready for that. But the reality is it is labor. The last word, finally, is the word reward. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, 
there's, been a, there's a lot in this verse that this verse is telling us to be. It's not always easy to be. It's not easy to be steadfast. If you're going to be steadfast, unmovable, you're going to lose friends. If, you lose stead, if you're steadfast and unmovable, you're going to lose fellowship with family. If you're going to be steadfast and unmovable for longer than a day and a half in your spiritual life, you're, you're, you're going to fight battles. You're going to have spiritual scars. What right? What right is there to tell us that this is what we should be? Remember what this is coming on the heels of? Because Christ came forth victorious, we have victory. So be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Isn't that what we want? For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Those last three words, it's not in vain in the Lord. I, I don't know if this would describe anybody. It would probably describe more of us than we'd want to admit. Have you ever put in a lot of years? Some of you, you haven't been saved long enough for this to apply to, so you're off the hook. You look back on your life. All the money you've given to the work of God, all the time. And by the world's standards, it's why have you done that? And sometimes we look at people and we say, well, they're, they're taking all these vacations and they're doing this and they're this and this. Well, they're not tithing. And God still, they still owe it. Well, I'm I, I'm not going to do this because I've decided I'm going to labor at this certain time during the week. But there is a reward because it's in the Lord. Uh, something we've got to be reminded of is, well, Pastor, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this? Sometimes there's not anything wrong with, with a particular activity. There's not something wrong with, 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 with a certain way you do things. I'll, I'll pose this question. Are you going to have a reward in heaven for that? Amen. So in making our decisions with our schedule, with our talents, with our time, with our finances, should we not consider the reward of abounding in the work of the Lord? In the Lord. The reward, there, there, there's three rewards I'm going to mention. See, I throw in subpoints so I don't have to say there's 10. Um, we will grow in grace. There, 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 I'm going to help some of you tonight if you'll let me. There's some in this room that the devil keeps coming to you. It wasn't so long you were saved out of, out of, out of, out of, out of a life. He keeps reminding you of what's back there. That's not always just for somebody who's been saved six months. Sometimes that's somebody who's been saved 25 years. I could never serve God. I could never. Well, if you'll get in the work of the Lord, you'll grow in grace. That's the only way you can do the work of the Lord. God is not looking for equipped people. He's looking for people who are willing to let him equip them. And just say, 
I, I can't do anything, Pastor, but I'll labor. I'll work. I'll, 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 I'll put forth, I'll show up, whatever, however I can be used. You get in the work of the Lord, you be unmovable, you be steadfast. And God will equip you. You'll grow in grace. Let me tell you, some of you, how to get rid of, of if this applies to your bad language. You ladies, listen up. You laugh, but you should, anyway. Get busy for God. Because you're going to need God's grace to do the work of God. Let me tell some of you how to get rid of some of the habits that you're hanging on to, some things that you're besetting sin, if you will. Some things that, well, I just can't get, no, no. Get busy in the work of the Lord. Because you're going to need to grow in grace. Grow in grace to do the work of God. That's a benefit of abounding in the work of the Lord. You've got to have God's grace to do it. You've got to have God's grace. Another benefit is we become more like Christ. We become more like Him. This is where some might take issue with me, but they'll be wrong. A lazy Christian is not Christ-like. I study my Bible for 42 hours in a day. Some of you are like, wow, that's a full day. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can quote this and this and this and this. and Oh, I just get into fellowship with the Lord. My Savior labored. My Savior worked. My Savior went without sleep. My Savior invested Himself physically in the work of His Father. You want to be Christ-like? Now remember, we're never going to achieve it because we have this whole flesh. But if you're going to try and be more like your Savior, you can't do it without doing anything in the work. Now, not everybody has the same opportunities. Not everybody has the, uh, this, the same ability. I understand that. But all of us can do something. It's not just here at the church house. You can invite somebody to church. You can labor. And some of you say, well, I can't get out like I used to. Well, how about getting in your prayer closet and praying for those that go? Praying that God would do a work on the other side of the door before a soul winner ever gets there. Pray for the pastor to have power and liberty. Pray for those that are sick. Pray, pray, pray for God to provide. If you want to really labor for the Lord, try prayer. Labor makes you more like Christ. Christ was not lazy. He labored. We have too many Christians, generally speaking, in our world today that sit back very piously because they don't do this and they don't do this and they don't do this. They're just like Christ. But there's one thing missing. They don't labor for Him. They don't labor for the Lord. And then not only do we get a reward by growing in grace and becoming more like Christ, there are those eternal rewards that we will not receive until we're in glory. What an opportunity to be in the work of the Lord. Because Christ conquered death 
we don't have any excuses. We can abound. But oh, if there's some days you don't feel like laboring, you're smart enough not to say amen right there, but you're agreeing with me. There's some days it's hard to be unmovable. There's some days it's hard to be steadfast. Sometimes we lose our perspective. We forget while we're doing what we're doing. Sometimes we look up to heaven and we wonder, is it worth doing this? Nobody else sees it. Does anybody know that God, are you aware? And yet we have the assurance from verse 58, he is aware. But friend, we have to keep in perspective that reward. There are some acknowledgments we're never going to get until we are at the feet of our Savior. The most tragic thing is for someone to die and go to a devil's hell. Anything that's not that, we ought we we to take a lap on that tonight. And some of you Christians need to tell your face that you're not going to hell, but you're going to heaven. What a missed opportunity for a child of God to get any kind of reward. This is a trite comparison. A trite comparison. But you ever gone to a birthday party and not had a present? Feel a little awkward? Some of you it's normal, but you know, I don't have anything to, I don't have anything to, I don't have anything What a missed opportunity for a child of God to have had the opportunity to to be in the work of the Lord, to abound, to grow in grace, to, to, to labor for Him. Well, I can't. No, you can do it. You don't even have to fear death because He's overcome death for us. And because of that, we can abound in the work of the Lord. That word reward, reward. Well, I, just don't, I just don't think that's the proper motive. You need to read your Bible. And I'm going to tell you what, get some days keeps me in the fight. Because one day I'm going to see him. It's not going to matter what anybody else says. It's not going to matter what anybody else thinks. If I can just stay in the work of the Lord, I can be immovable, I can be steadfast, I can abound. I can keep the right perspective. I am doing this for Him. One day I can be, hopefully, I can finish my course and receive receive a reward. And some... They've, they've got it backwards too. I think it's I get all these trophies, so therefore I'm a celebrity. Oh, no. I want to have something to put at his feet. How, how, you don't have to answer this. I hope you know this. How many lives do we have? God has granted us the great gift of life. And if we will be a good steward and abide in the work of the Lord, this is just temporal down here. Life is but a vapor. We get on the other side. 
You'll have something. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Most, most, who, most would say, growing up, just to have the well done for my daddy. Maybe there was a teacher. Maybe there was a mentor. Somebody, a coach, somebody. Just a, just a thumbs up. Just a well done. But can you imagine? We can imagine, but we can't even comprehend it. The one who paid our sin debt. The one who have the wounds to remind us of what he did for us. To say, well done. What an opportunity we have in the work of the Lord. To have something to lay at the feet of our Savior one day. Seven words to think about in abounding in the work of the Lord. I want to be in the work of the Lord. I want to abound in it. The only way to abound in it is with the help of our Savior. And, and I think I believe that in times when we get a little weary of well-doing, if we'll refer back to these seven reminders, how we can abound. No excuses, church. Well, serving God is just not for me. No, every child of God can serve Him. Can serve Him. If God can save you from hell, and He has through His Son, He could probably equip you to do something that you don't think you can do. Not only can you serve Him, you should. You should serve Him. Every Christian ought to serve Him in some capacity. Father, I pray that you'll help us.